cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, video extravaganza, known internationally as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. Uh, it's show number 222 today. We are uh, going to be talking, well, the original plan was. The original plan. Yeah, we were going to talk single malt and rye with a whiskey expert. So we have the whiskey expert here, but the show may be taking a different course, and so we'll we'll explain that in a moment. But welcome to uh, show number 222. My name is Cruz. My uh, co-host is Ian Barry. How do y'all? And our erstwhile guest is our uh, favorite Chris, uh, our favorite whiskey expert, Mr. Christopher Hart. Welcome, Chris. Hey, guys. It's so funny. As soon as you said we're live, then I saw the title of the episode. Yeah. And I wanted to give you our time about it, but I, I couldn't. I had, to wait yeah, till you, see, well, I had to wait till you go. See, that was, like I said, that was the plan. Damn but I think, I think we may be headed a complete uh, different direction. Oh, but what we, was the title? I didn't see the, the title. The title was Talking Single Malt and Rye with a Whiskey Expert. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I've got, I've got a great list that I can share uh, of 10 distilleries that are said to be making the best American single malt whiskey. And I, I love having lists like this whenever we have Chris on the show because it's so difficult to get opinions out of him. That's you right. know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's true. It's so difficult to get him to say what he really thinks. Uh, I love it when he says 100%. His responses are generally one of two things. 100% or that's garbage. It's, it's usually one of those two things. You know, I never considered myself very opinionated until I became friends with you guys. Yeah, see. <laughs> so I'm starting to develop some opinions about you two. Uh, 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 and, <laughs> Go ahead, and ask me about them. Join the club, my friend. Join the club. Some questions we just don't ask. So Chris has been on our show uh, as many times as just about anyone. I know there's some contest uh, that is in Alan Denny's mind about who has been on more, uh, Chris or him. But it's it's very close, and we love having Chris on. And Chris, by the way, is the host of his own show, uh, which is fantastic. It's called Whiskey Neat. And Chris, real quick, tell people where they can get the show. Yeah, I, I host a show weekly on ESPN here in Houston on 97.5 FM. You can check it out, uh, of course, every Friday on YouTube and all your podcasting platforms. And then, of course, uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I, okay. I, I host a show every week. And you're also uh, responsible for the Houston Whiskey Social and the Houston Bourbon Society, and we'll get to more of those things as we go. I, I definitely have my hand in all of those things, yeah. Okay, so we'll get to more I, of that. I think of you as a drinking buddy. Uh, well, yeah, and I think I of so. him as a whiskey expert because <laughs> I read Texas Monthly Magazine. And that's how they referred to him. So yeah, I thought, yeah. well, if it's if it's good enough for them, it certainly you know is good enough for me. For, for anyone who's incensed by the title of this episode, which I'm sure the comments are going to reflect as much eventually, <laughs> uh, it's a running joke because Texas Monthly referred to me as a whiskey expert. This is the one hobby. That 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 uh, moniker will get you in some flack for sure. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's got an opinion, like you were saying. Uh, Jessica so, Kern says, "Chris Hart opinionated." Gasp. I'm a subject matter. Uh, I would say a subject matter expert on some things, but but you know, everyone has their lane. The, the category is so broad. Okay, so and and you've got opinions about beer, uh, which we're sure. going to get to here in a little while. You've got some very specific opinions about how a beer should be poured. No, 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 no. And no. that's going to become. I love, no, I love no, how this. No. 
yeah, man presented this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that is the most biased presentation I've ever seen. Well, so let's let's be clear. I have some. My opinion is I'm pouring it how I want to pour it. Right. Everyone else's opinions are too hoity-toity and stuck up that they need to relax a little bit. So what you're saying is your opinion is more relaxed, more than relaxed ours. and considered. Others' opinions are over the top and not necessarily true. Correct. Okay. There we go. Yeah, you should run for office. You remember that George? <laughs> you remember that George Carlin skit where he talks about when you're driving, everyone that goes faster than you is a maniac, and yeah. everyone that goes slower as an idiot yes <laughs> it's absolutely true it's absolutely true I, I know i know it's not the same but listen <laughs> this whole thing started because i poured aggressively and everyone else commented on it mm-hmm. it really is a little similar to that carlin situation but it's really everyone else giving me a hard time and me defending myself okay that's fair enough you're uh, certainly allowed to do that and, you're allowed to be very defensive and as we know this show is a great <laughs> platform for people to defend themselves or others. In fact, Chris came on the show and defended uh, oh, Nat Sherman, go. if you remember yeah, that. I remember that. It was that. early I in, uh, when, when I was saying, I'll, I'll never smoke another one again. Uh, but, of course, now I can. I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought any Nat Shermans. But now that, now that all it is is tobacconists cleaning out their inventory, because there is no more Nat Sherman, um, it won. could be— uh, you won. I, I, well, I guess you could say that. <laughs> uh, but the brand has been picked up by someone else. So the brand will continue, but now it'll no longer be a part of the uh, conglomerate uh, anti-cigar group that it was a part of before. So mm-hmm. uh, so it'll be fine. You can you can enjoy your Nat Shermans if that's, if that's the cigars you like. The, what, the best Nat Sherman I ever smoked was one you gave me. The timeless, was the timeless. Time yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, that's that's a great cigar. So here we are with show number two hundred and twenty-two. A brief apology for last week. We didn't have power in the studio, so it wasn't really possible to do a show. And I decided, you know, rather than staple one together on Skype with where we didn't even have the control board anyway, would have been almost impossible to do. Uh, we decided to skip a week, so we're back now. I- with I, I smoked a lot of cigars last week I because the temperature inside my house and the temperature outside the house wasn't too different. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well be so outside. Might as well hang out outside. Yeah. It's funny because I talked to Ian around the middle of the week, as most people yeah, know by Tuesday, now. Yeah, as most people know by now, Texas was uh, either without power or the subject of rolling power blackouts for most of the week last week. And I talked to Ian and said, how you doing, bud? And he says, I got power at my house. And I think the power at your house went out like 20 minutes later. Yeah, you cursed yeah. me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, Have you guys discussed that on the show? Which, what, with the whole power thing? The power thing. We the, just got the, here. The yeah. political nature of, of all that and the, the Ted Cruz thing. and Yeah, well, you don't want to get me started on Ted Cruz. Yeah. I know that. So, uh, so no, I, we really haven't because this is our first show back since it all happened. I'm just glad we have power and water now. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that we can be back in the studio doing it. And I think, uh, I think there will be a reckoning among the power companies. I think they have to. The public's too. I mean, people died. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's yeah. not a. It, it's not a. It's not just a matter of inconvenience. There were actually people who lost their lives because they didn't have heat and warmth. So anyway, uh, we could we could spend the whole show on that, but we have a tub full of beers here that Chris brought, and we have a lot of other things to talk about. And I need to mention that we're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. It is uh, available on the web. They have uh, great shirts for cigar lovers and the people who love them. And they started under 20 bucks, and they're a little bit snarky, and I think you'll like them, and they're a sponsor of the show. So thanks for supporting them. MyCigarShirts.com because cigars yes um so chris we one of the things we've been able to do as we've you know gone through 222 episodes of this show is we've been able to connect with 
uh, experts in various fields. We have our tequila expert, Liliana Rodriguez, who's terrific. I mean, she taught us more about tequila in one show than I've learned like my whole life about tequila. She's, she's pretty amazing. She's fantastic. We have our wine expert, Mark Burrell, who was with us you know, two weeks ago talking wines for Valentine's Day. Uh, and we've got uh, a host of other... I'm not sure what Alan Denny's an expert on, but I'm sure I'm sure it must be something. He's an expert on being Alan Denny. I think You, by true. the way, are being... Uh, Chris, you were being Already? absolutely roasted okay, in the comments. All right, let's see it. I, I, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Let's see here. Go, I mean, oh, Lord Jesus. So start, starting right after the last Jessica Kearns that I read, Alan Denny put three of my favorite people and Chris too. <laughs> so he means you, me, and Adam, and also Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, it's nice to be someone's favorite person. So, um, so it's been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Ian, you mentioned smoking a lot of cigars. Was there anything that stood out to you that you want to talk well, about I today? Actually, you know, no, I smoked uh, I smoked a whole bunch of lawnmowers last week, so okay. to speak, because um, it was cold. And, yeah, you know, right. yeah. I was just standing outside anyway. I so I did a whole lot of uh, this. You know when you. Your, uh, when your patio freezes over and it's mm -hmm. just ice, so I did a lot of this like skating around on my shoes, you know, yeah, yeah. and just kind of having fun with that. Um, but I did go to the uh, Casa this morning and I picked out a cigar, and apparently it's one that's been there for a while. I picked out a Foundry Elements Hydrogen. Oh, interesting. These came out, I think, in uh, uh, 2013, apparently, mm -hmm. when I looked mm -hmm. it up. This was part of their uh, Compounds, Elements, and Musing series. This was a uh, six and a half by forty-six by fifty-six pyramid. Okay. So long, uh, mm -hmm. long pyramid. Very nice looking cigar. Light brown, slightly reddish tint to the uh, to the wrapper. Uh, uh, I think it, it doesn't. There was not a lot of information on what was in it. It said uh, <laughs> the information given for what tobacco was in a cigar was Nicaragua, Ecuadorian, and Misterioso. Mm. So uh, Mysterioso. Yeah. I'm assuming it was a uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper because of the uh, color and everything. It was a uh, that uh, uh, light brown with slightly reddish tint. Um, I think Mysterioso is uh, grown in Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so mysterious. It's so mysterious. Uh, it had this uh, cool little gremlin band on it. It had the hydrogen symbol on the uh, footer. Looked really nice. Uh, very firm, veiny, slightly uh, box pressed on the end. I took a picture of the end because it looked really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it on how it looked. Uh, Pre-light sniff, earth, hay, barnyard, hints of sweetness. Not a whole lot going on. It smelled really nice, though. Mm. The pre-light draw, I used a clip. It had kind of a tight draw. Um, creamy coffee and earth I was picking up with a sweetness and a hint of spice on it. Uh, again, not super complex, but just a few things I was picking up from it. The initial light, earth and fermented hay, tangy tea leaf, slightly pepper, uh, slight pepper and underlying sweetness going on. The first third of this, pepper and sweetness create the backbone of this cigar. Cashew nuttiness was like the pre prevalent flavor with uh, fermented hay, black tea, coffee, and toast. Solid ash, perfect burn. I did not drop the ash on me, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, th this shirt, entire... You're wearing a black shirt right, and it looks spotless. No, yeah. <laughs> no ash spots. <laughs> Toast and coffee... Um, uh, and uh, dance around the cashew nuttiness and creamy sweeting, sweetness that's uh, float around on top of the earthy, uh, spicy foundation on the second third of this. Solid ash, spicy burn. The last third of this pepper and spices diminish, settling into sweet nuttiness and coffee with a big toasty flavor. Solid ash, perfect burn. I paid $6 for this cigar. I'm giving nice. it a 7 It was wow. awesome. I was going to say, at 6 bucks, that sounds really good. <laughs> at $6, good. it was an amazing cigar. Wow. If it was a $10 cigar, it might have gotten a 5 mm -hmm. But at $6, absolutely outstanding that, uh, bang for the buck. Whenever you can find anything 8 and under, 
that's yeah. really good, it's like a cause for celebration right, in my right. book. And if you find something at six or five, it's like yeah, wow, outstanding. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, our, that's a humidor. So that's right that's there. my experiments with uh, my experience with it. I can't say the right words today. It's all my right. words are weird. So now you know how I feel every day. <laughs> a little starstruck next to a whiskey well, expert. It, it happens. So it's dang. a little bit. It's a little bit difficult to. You know, you know we, we really do razz you a lot. Yeah. It's okay. It's no, okay. I'm not sorry, but yeah. you should razz me because uh, you know I'm I'm very razz worthy. <laughs> I think we have a new word. I love that. Razzworthy. Razzworthy. By the way, uh, Jessica Kearns commented on uh, the uh, um, on the uh, uh, comments to... on the show that Chris has more opinions than Ted Cruz has vacations. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm over here trying not to cry reading some of these comments. Uh, and now Greg Doxakis has showed up. Yeah, well, you can always, <laughs> I love that guy. You can always count on Docs for Have you seen good. him lately? Uh, we haven't seen Docs since we did the show at his house, remember? We did that a show on his back porch. porch he looks awesome. exactly like the human personification of Scar from Lion King. Oh, really? So he's just <laughs> he's, let his he's, hair. He's let grow? his hair grow out. Wow! You know, he's got the real pointy, and then it just this long well, flowing. This mane. doesn't surprise me because you know Docs is a big uh, Disney, Disney guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, he loves guy. the whole Disney thing, yeah. and so I would imagine he's actually going for Lion King. Doc, send us a photo on the comments. If you yeah. got one. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, we'll be share surprised. it. Uh, well, I had, I had an interesting cigar this week, Ian. I I, uh, I decided to try the Gurkha. Fifteen years. This is a, Give me a second. Hold on. Did yeah. you stop and buy a Gurkha? Well, somehow it's weird. I have a hard time doing that. Some I know I do too. And somehow I don't remember to be honest when I got this. It's been in my humidor for a while. I might it, have given it to you. It might have been given to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a because there was a moment in time where I was I was like, oh, Gurkha sounds so cool. Well, then, uh, it, it's a little confusing the the name of this cigar. It's a Gurkha fifteen year tenth anniversary Toro. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'm assuming that maybe that means the tobacco's 15 years old, but it's the 10th anniversary of Gurkha. I don't know. Yeah. I think Gurkha's that been sound, around that for sounds more. Right. But I think Gurkha's been around for more than 10 years. Yeah, so I don't so I, I I don't know. Anyway. And those came out uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, right. Ago, These yeah. have been out for a while. It's been in my humidor for a yeah, long time. I know they've time. been around since at least the Clinton administration. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's that. <laughs> there is that. And uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, that is a perfect joke. So, if you so we'll don't know see, the reference, look it up. We'll see how they aged. Um, so here's what cigar.com said about this particular smoke. It said Gurkha's Cellar Reserve, and this is a Cellar Reserve 15-year mm-hmm. series, represents, and this is written at the time they came out, I assume, a new chapter in their history. It's the selection of blends that best captures the crux of the company's philosophy on, and, and I didn't write this, quality over quantity, cost, or convenience. Well, that's my not little true. sound thing. Cellar Reserve also reflects Gurkha's renewed focus. Yeah, where is our little... Uh, <laughs> that needed a... Uh, uh, I'll yeah, even go back and, yeah. and read it again. You need a uh, light behind me that it's, just... It's the bullshit light. It's, just hit the button. <laughs> it's the selection of blends that best captures the crux of the company's philosophy on quality over quantity, cost, or convenience. Uh, Cellar Reserve also reflects Gurkha's renewed focus on using extremely well-aged leaf some of it cultivated nearly two decades ago. Yeah, so, all right, so Gurkha probably deserves this derision uh, because, let's face it, uh, we went through, uh, there's, a, there's a show where I uh, have the photos of the Gurkha cigar that I smoked, and it looks like one of those joke cigars that you light it up and, and it explodes. explodes in the guy's mouth. It just, like, shattered into pieces from just normal, like, Cutting and we, smoking? We my, do talk. Like my Room 101 cigar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, 
that was not as bad as the Gurkha. Not as bad. So, so. We, we, we talk a lot of trash about Gurkha, but they I think they kind of deserve it because they started off making great cigars. Yes, and then they, they did. And then yes, they, they just turned to, like, their construction was well, terrible. Well, Rocky Patel started doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. They did those voodoo ones. And, they, I mean, they, they got to this point where it was a <clears> new cigar every week, and they just got more and more garbage. But if you think about it now, Rocky cigars have achieved a great level of consistency. I haven't I haven't had a bad one in several years. I think they stopped doing what they were doing wrong. Right. right? So exactly. they, they, they came out with, like, a, I, I, it was, I want to say, three, maybe five years ago within that time period. There was a new Gurkha, or I'm sorry, a new um, Rocky, Rocky Patel, Patel uh, every year, every month. Right, it right. seemed like, and and they just they were one-off brands that just kind of went away. And and the ones that remained, though, oh, the decade, the, the anniversary, vintage, like, 1990, yeah. you still can't go wrong with those. even the Edge. At oh, its, I love at its cost. They're just fantastic. The, the Edge, great, the yeah. Edge are great yard guards. They really are. They really are. So maybe Gurkha deserves the same consideration. Well, I think what they were doing is like. They were they they knew that that had been said about them for quite mm-hmm. some time, right? Right. And I think that was their effort to fix it, but maybe not openly address it in such a weird, ironic way. I think that's probably true. So here's what I did: I smoked. N- the- not that it's my opinion or anything. Uh, no. <laughs> we know that you have you know the occasional opinion. So the 10th anniversary uh, features an Ecuadorian rosado wrapper, and Nicaraguan binder and fillers. It's a very pretty cigar. Classic double band, and you'll see in the the photos here. I mean, it looks really pretty. Uh, as as many of you know, of course, construction was a major issue with Gurkhas. I swore them off at one point, but recently they've been doing better. So let's see how this goes. Pre-light on the cigar was a mix of barnyard hay and leather with some earthiness. So I used a punch and I lit it, and two things happened right away. Uh, the first was that I got a very welcome blast of Nicaraguan pepper uh, that really kind of tickled and delighted the senses. The second was that the cigar developed an immediate runner. And I don't know if that picture's up yet, but you'll see it. That it's uh-huh. it's only smoked like a tenth of an inch in and there's a little runner started already, a little canoe. Uh so I was like, oh boy, here we go. Right? Um but uh it basically was small. It made the first third of the cigar burn crooked. But the ash held on. And when I say crooked, it was like, here's the cigar, and then the ash was like at an angle uh-huh. uh, from the cigar. Uh, but the ash held on, and I was able to continue to smoke it. And I thought, let's just see how this goes. See where yeah. it goes. Uh, so flavors for the first third were very nice. I enjoyed the black pepper along with uh, some nice nuttiness and some leather. Once the first third was gone, I made the decision to tip the crooked ash because... I, I knew it was going to wind up on my shirt, and yep. and I just I just like you know no I better do this now. So interestingly enough, once I tipped the ash, the cigar looked a lot better. I mean, the burn was still not super even, but it was it was uh, it was acceptable looking as it smoked. So I kept at it. Um, second third. Although it didn't burn evenly, it was better. A toasty flavor, a little bit of lime zest became noticeable in the flavors. Medium-bodied. Final third ramped up a little bit in intensity. Chocolate notes along with the pepper and uh, some green tea on the retrohale. Um, So rating this one, a little bit of a dilemma for me. Uh, Gurkha clearly still has some construction issues. But it's nothing like the exploding cigar from, you know, right. uh, from back in the day, right? Um, this was actually pretty manageable. I touched it up with the lighter 
one time. There was a side of it that didn't seem to be burning quite as well. I touched it up, and from there on in, it was... You know, it wasn't bad in terms of the burn, and the flavors were great. I loved the kind of medium, medium full in the yeah. last third. Um, it was really tasty. That said, it's about a twelve to thirteen dollar cigar. Ooh. So, to me, that's too expensive to have construction issues. It was good. I'll give it a thumbs up on the overall experience, uh, but a four point five for uh, price to quality. Um, I enjoyed it. I would actually smoke another one, if for no other reason, just to see, you know, if it did the if same it was thing. better or worse right, right. in terms of of construction. But I did really enjoy it. The flavor was was terrific. Can I counter that? Sure. Uh, so there is a uh, the guy that pioneered Whistlepig, Raj Bakta, went on to start Bakta Spirits. By the way, this is our whiskey expert speaking, and and he shrugs off the. Uh, he shrugs off the title, but here's perfect example of the things that you know. Well, okay, so <laughs> uh, the uh, God, I hate you so much. Uh, <laughs> Raj started bottling brandy, right? And he went and found the oldest cask he could find, and he does sell uh, a bottle that is a blend of like six barrels, and the barrels, the youngest barrel is 50 years old. The oldest barrel is literally, I think, from the 1800s. Okay. So it's somewhere between 50 years old and 200 years old, all okay. within the same bottle. Uh, it arguably does not taste great. But for $300, which is a pricey bottle mm -hmm. in that realm, for a real piece of history, it doesn't taste bad. It just it doesn't taste great. Okay. Kind of like the, the Gurkha it's cigar. It's enjoyable, but it's not like what you would expect for $300. But Well, yes, but if it was amazing, it should be a $3,000 bottle, right? Okay. You, you get what I'm getting at? So mm -hmm. the fact that you're getting 15-year-old tobacco, kind of does that not weigh into the value of the smoke, even if the construction's a little off? Well, it, it does, but if I'm going to compare it to a Padron at the same price, or um, isn't the, um, the H. Upman uh, 150th from A.J. Fernandez, mm. isn't that at right about the $13 mark? That's the same mark? price. What about yeah. the uh, I mean, that's, Hemingway that's, series, that's one of, that's the one of the, one of the best cigars I've ever smoked. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to put it on the same level as that. Although, I, I will admit, that's why I say I give it a thumbs up for the experience. Because the flavors really were but terrific. Gurkha, that aged tobacco was was really working. But Gurkha has never had an issue with the flavor of their cigars. They're always generally light to medium. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really it. Even there, back in the day when they when they had the Beast when that first mm -hmm. came out, it was you're their, expecting it to be, big and it was and only full. like medium plus. Right. It wasn't exactly. even super full, but it was a good cigar. Their yeah. flavor profiles on their cigars are never bad. I don't think. Right. It's just that you know you they just. The construction well, issues is the issue. So, so if, if five means you get what you paid for, then a 4.5 is really close to that. And like I said, I'd smoke another one. Maybe it's not as important. Uh, maybe the the idea of historical or the age of the tobacco maybe not as a big of a weight factor that it when it because in spirits it's very common to at least consider what you're getting. Right. right? I get. I, I think I get what you're saying because when you have that, you experience a piece of history, and that is. That's worth, worth a certain amount yeah, sure. as well. Cordoba and Morales, uh, generally pretty okay cigars, nothing super mind-blowing. But they got their hands on a pallet of unrolled pre-embargo Cuban tobacco. And the stick was about $25 to $27. Alan Denny can correct me in the comments because I bought them all from him. Uh, but you're talking about not 
you know, pre-embargo gets thrown around a lot when it's got like one leaf of pre-embargo right. tobacco in it sure. or something. Yeah. No, the entire uh, inside of the cigar, the only thing that wasn't uh, Cuban, legit pre-embargo Cuban from the 70s, was the wrapper. Okay. And the wrapper was very, very thin, very, very delicate, and often would split, and it would be a bit difficult. But the smoking experience was fine. The draw was great. Everything was good. Just make sure, you know, before you light it, that when you're handling it, you don't tear the wrapper because right. the wrapper's so thin. But that was the only part of it that wasn't pre-embargo Cuban. So for me, that $27 experience was was in part by the fact that it's literally 60-year-old tobacco. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. So to, uh, maybe it and doesn't... And pre real pre-embargo Cuban, so... Yeah. All right. 4.75 for the Gurkha. <laughs> and we'll and we'll take a break uh, and be right back. Okay, we haven't even gotten into this yet, but uh, we're gonna. Chris is gonna do a little uh, hard pour, soft pour experiment with us coming up in the next segment. This is something that's been on his mind for a very long time, and so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to uh, call it like it is. So today. defensive about it. Yeah, he is, but that's okay. Uh, this is the show where you come to uh, work out things like that. This it's is part therapy, part cigars, part spirits, part beer. It's smoking and. The Jerry Springer of uh, of the spirits world. I'm I'm doing that. I want you to know I'm doing this for you, so I take this seriously. There's no way I can talk you out of it. Is it bothering you? Oh, it yes. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smoking and Toasting, show number 222. Uh, we are uh, maybe, we will maybe talk single malt and rye with a whiskey expert, but we're definitely going to talk hard pours and beer. We are brought to you by uh, MyCigarShirts.com, available on the web with great gifts, great uh, t-shirts for cigar lovers, and it's almost t-shirt time, you know, at least in some, I mean, in Texas, we basically had winter last week. Ian, I, I've got I, shorts and a t-shirt I on. I just can't keep looking at you like that. It just, it just is. is I'm trying to make sure that it, I do this. You do look like so a villain ridiculous. in a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that I take this seriously with uh, the hard pour, so I'm not looking at what's going on. So in just, the glass. just look him in the eyes like you do, you know, when you guys have had too many. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> romantically. Like yeah, just, um, just don't look in yeah, your cup. Kind of like that. Uh, so mycigarshirts.com because cigars. cigars. Yes. All right. So this segment is about something that Chris Hart has been talking about at least when we've you know been together having cigars drinking beers um, for at least several years you know the first time he brought I remember the first time he brought this up okay uh, he brought this up when we were at um, Stogie's okay one time we were, I think we were doing a show there and I think we were yes and, and he was on and uh, and he brought up the whole hard poor question right. And I don't even think I saw him do it. I so the question comes because you like to pour your beers pretty aggressively, and you you've received some flack for this, correct? Yeah, uh, I, I I like to pour aggressively, and I've definitely received flack for this. There's a lot of things we as humans love tradition. We love ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's well, a big part of of any hobby. Uh, sure, and with craft beer, there's tons of it. Drinking out of the right glass, drinking at the right temperature. All of these things are, are happens big in wine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Someone even, probably per- even more so in in the in the wine. No one that drinks wine is snobby. What are you yeah. talking? Not about? Not at all. Not it, at all. It, it happens in, in all the hobbies. So I, I would say that you guys consider yourself really into craft beer, right? Like on a scale of one to ten, with the average consumer who says, "Oh, I like beer," uh, is a two. What would you consider you guys? As- I really, really like barley wines. 
Yeah. Well, I would, that I, would, me on I would say we're nines or tens, right? Yeah. Just just based on how much like we like it. I think I'm a ten, at yeah. least a nine. It, just based on how much we like it. It's not based on how much we know, and just my, based on how much we like it, right? I know how the process <clears throat> of carbonating beer into cans is, and it's, it's a pretty broad thing. And uh, most people, you pour a beer... Even if you pour it correctly, you're going to sit with it for a few minutes and drink, and the whole time it's losing carbonation. Right. <clears throat> I I am firmly in the in the camp that most people aren't going to be able to tell a difference when you hard pour. Well, I will say this: uh, I'm a fan of IPAs, and one of the easiest ways for a brewery to make me not really enjoy their IPA because I love all kinds of them, from the juicy ones to the very hoppy ones to. Uh, but if it has too much carbonation, yeah, it too ruins, much carb can wreck it a beer, ruins yeah. the IPA for me uh, more so than almost any other style. Uh, so yeah, carbonation can be a big thing. But Chris, you've told us before that you feel like when you do the hard pour, that it actually releases more flavor. As the beer, is, is, am I am I quoting you correctly here or not? Uh, I don't correctly. remember saying that. Uh, that was that my, was my, my assertion's more of being uncomfortable. Like I, I like I've already since we've sat down, I've already burped a few times, and I, I in my mind I'm thinking if I release more carbonation, maybe it'll you know alleviate some of the. So it helps keep it from building up as much uh, pressure inside your That's body. It. Okay, yeah. all right. It still so tastes great. I'm still enjoying so it. So when people criticize you for the hard pour, what is their main? Thing that they're saying you're doing wrong, uh, other than other than the way you do it. Why is it wrong? That that you're basically flattening the beer. That the the brewers who brewed the beer expect it to taste a certain way. They do it for that. They carbonate it to a certain level to give you the best experience of what they're trying to produce. And that, yeah, I get all that, but. I I am willing to bet even brewers are not going to be able to tell. There's a lot of indoctrination that happens in the hobby, and I I, I think we can we're we're going to prove it right now. So you've got three glasses in front of you. Okay, yes, two together and one to the side. I am so not looking at them. Yep, they've all got a mark on it. I know what the mark is. Uh, you guys do not know what the mark is. Is the one that is either either there's one carbonated and two uncarbonated, or there's Two. I'm sorry. Either one hard pour, one non hard pour. Yeah, right? you got me. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so, but it's the same beer. So correct? you got two of the same. All th- No, no, no. It's all three of the same beers, but two of them is the same. One of them is not. Okay, gotcha. But you okay. don't know if it's two hard pours. So we're trying to pick out which, which ones, which right ones are which. All right, so. all right. Ian, let's start. Okay. Hard pour. Did did we both start with the same one? I don't know. Not hard pour. All right. I'll tell you what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that the first one is hard pour. The second wait, wait. one, it, the first one, which is on my left. Let me see one. what, what shit. Okay. okay. That's your first hard. That's what you're saying is I'm saying hard, pour, hard pour. Hard pour, non hard pour. Okay. Okay. I'm saying the second one is not a hard pour. Okay. Or the second so, one I so tried. So, real quick, Ian's wrong on all counts. Okay. That's so, awesome. So, so, so the first two are regular pours. 
I poured them carefully, tilted the glass, made sure it had the the decent, like the reasonable amount of head, which is just on the, you know, mm -hmm. perfectly. This one I hard poured the fuck out of, which is your O. <laughs> okay. And uh, not only did I hard pour it, I hard poured it twice. I poured it into one glass with the with the head, and then I poured that into a new glass so the foam would stay so, behind. So I did think that was a hard pour. Correct. But I also you did call I also it. thought the first one was a hard pour, and it was not. Correct. Right. You're right. All right. So I was right for one. Well, and wrong for two. Wrong for two. Yeah. 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 I was wrong, wrong on three. all three, which yeah. means I was at least consistent. Actually. Right, because the first two were both hard pours. Uh, no, were both not hard pours, and the third one was. So so what's interesting here is that it would seem like, and by the way, it's not very good beer, whatever it is. No, it's not. It's, it's terrible. It's Montucky Colts now. It's uh, well, terrible. Well, you, no you're wonder. not a fan, huh? No wonder, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, That's you know, why I brought different styles, too. Okay, all right. That'll be interesting to try. But I will say that there's, there's definitely... So I did taste a difference, at least. Yeah. So, so Jason. To Allison, me, it was more about carbonation than taste. Jason Allison points out, wait, the hard pour happened ten minutes ago. Shouldn't you have to drink it within a minute or two of pouring? That's the problem with hard pours. It's all head. But once the head is gone, who cares? So here, here's the thing. Uh, it only takes a couple minutes to settle from a, a heavy head, anyways. Right. Right. Uh, and secondly, all people usually drink a beer. Not within the first two minutes, unless they're chugging, right? You're going to sit with it for ten minutes. You're going to watch a show. I, when I'm watching, you haven't met Ian's friend Mark. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I've seen him shotgun beer on yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but no, I know what you're saying. And now, by the way, and part of this might be informed by the fact that I know, but I'll tell you, this hard pour beer is much flatter, in to to my senses. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see in round two and three. I think I basically just tasted a difference, but didn't register, obviously, which one was the hard pour correctly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see in rounds two or three. All right. I'm not getting a whole lot of extra carbonation, but I am getting—I'm not getting a whole lot of extra flavor, I'm sorry, but I do detect a difference in the carbonation. So— Fascinating. By the way, I neglected to do this. We will be doing drinking news today. And in the first segment, I always like to do the little teaser headline for drinking news because it doesn't come up till later in the show. So today's uh, drinking news teaser headline is Blue Balls, Not Blue Angels. So I don't know if that inspires any kind of a musical refrain, but. Cheers, y'all. I gotta say, this is just not very good beer. It's not good beer at all. <laughs> it really isn't. Not. I'm, I'm finding it a soapy I, taste in my mouth. I brought a duffel box. You know, yeah, we uh, can do we can do a German Ian, beer. Ian, I brought a maybe hazy. we can maybe we can taste the. Uh, um, brought your hazy IPAs. Why don't Why don't we taste this grapefruit sweet and sour that I brought from Untitled Art? Just to wash all right, let's this. Do it. Just to, let me grab it out of the bag. Just to wash this taste out of our mouth here. Now, uh, I think the last time we were on the show, you asked me if I liked that, and I told you I hadn't tried it, and I went and tried it, and I did not like it. Montucky Colts head? Yeah. I, uh, I think we actually had it on the show when, when we... That can's a little banged up. I see. But I got to tell you, Untitled Art, these guys have really put out some fantastic beers uh, in, in a number of styles, but they have a lot I, of I don't IPAs. know exactly. I'm going to do it this way because yeah. if I try to open it, in my lap, it may be a, it may be a little tough. Yeah, for Jason in the comments, even if you take 15 minutes to drink a beer, the first sip happens in the first 30 seconds of pouring, which means a hard pour gives you a ton of foam up front. Yet mm -hmm. the argument about it being too much foam isn't usually the the argument. The argument's usually like you're you're ruining the beer. Uh, that being said, uh, yeah, it, it really takes like literally. 
two minutes for the foam to settle. Uh, just like if you were to do a decent pour, the, a proper pour usually counts for about a half inch to an inch ahead. So if you were to have three inches of head, it, it, it takes just a few seconds longer for it to calm down. So I didn't ask you this. Can you taste a difference flavor-wise? Uh, no, I don't think anyone can. Okay. Yeah, that, that's my argument. My argument is that the, the in most cases, you're not going to even notice, so why be hoity-toity about it? Okay, got it. Same thing with glasses. Like, all of us is like, oh, these proper glasses are the right way to pour. No, right. listen, we've all been camping, I've we've had, all been hunting, and I've I've, had, we've all drank out of Yeah, I've had Dixie great cups. stouts and Dixie cups. You're yeah. absolutely right. So I uh, wanted to say hi to a, a new listener, uh, Rob Clark, uh, who says in the comments, saw you guys on Chris's show, went and subscribed to your podcast, uh, learning a bunch. Great show. Yep. Well, thank you, uh, Chris, for you know helping us out here. Rob's a really good guy. He actually has his own podcast called Bourbon Rhinot. Bourbon Rhinot. I will check that yeah, out. Great, I love it. Great guy. Uh, uh, Ian, I think we need one more. Did you miss one? Oh, sorry. What are we doing here? Uh, oh, I've got to pass. Well, pass one over to my down. apologies. Passing one over to Adam. It's all that extra I, I failed, foam in my head. I failed to give directions. So let me just say that this is a it beer. Smells like weed. This is a beer that I uh, I found this on the shelf at Specs. Untitled Art is one of my uh, favorite brewery discoveries over the last year. I would put them on a plane with Parrish, which is one of my favorites, Nola, which is one of my favorites. Um, that uh, is polarizing. Oh, uh, polarizing. Uh-oh. Okay, so it's, taste it? it's a sweet and sour grapefruit wow. IPA, so it's a totally different thing. Yeah, purists are going to hate that. <laughs> Ian, I, I don't think you liked it, did you, judging from your expression? I'm trying to decide. It's um, it's a smoothie. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking glass man, of it grape is, juice. Man, it is some sour grapefruit, that's for sure, and it's super sweet right up front. Yeah, it, 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 well, it calls itself a sweet and sour grapefruit IPA. I mean, it's okay. I wouldn't have a whole can, that's for sure. I don't think I could drink a whole can of it. And I think that's a problem for beer. If you can't even drink a whole can... I love that. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with you guys here. I love that we're tasting it. You know, I love that I got a chance to see what it's like. Put that in. It, put some vodka in that and make yourself oh, a cocktail. Dude, <laughs> dude, you're not kidding. Oh yeah, a little vodka in this. You'd be, you'd be, be all set up. It'd be, be a like, great, so great this cocktail. This is India Pale Ale uh, with grapefruit juice, apple juice, and pineapple juice. Yeah, it's mostly those things. Yeah, and, but it's also seven percent. Right. Ah, come right. on, bullshit. Well, uh, I think you got another. Uh, what was that brewery that that took their ABV measurements before they added the fruit, fruit puree and dropped it to like two percent? Uh. I don't know. I think this is I think this is very it's, interesting. But yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would drink a whole can of it. But I'm I'm thrilled to taste it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, this is probably the only thing from Untitled Art that I've had that I've gone, wow, that's just way too much for me. So let me ask you this: Is it? Are we happy that a brewery like Untitled Art, or any other for that matter, would be this experimental? I, you know, so uh, if we're all just hanging out and I said, hey guys, I got this beer to try and poured everybody a cup, I would love the conversation and stuff happening. And I think that's one of the things one of these beers like this are great for. Um, yeah, to answer your question, yes. I'm happy that this exists. And I'll tell you why. Uh, ingenious. Here in Houston. Oh, they're wonderful. Oh, they're, yeah, yeah. Amazing. they're so expensive. But not everything they make is, is good. Uh, some of it's 
objectively bad. And but that's the thing is. But it's the, all interesting. It's all interesting, well, and it's all finding what you. That's uh, that's like when we had Lone Pint on the show. Remember, he brought us something to try, and it wasn't, it wasn't that good. great. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, we didn't we didn't think this one was good." You know, I was like, "Wow, that's." I was amazed that he brought that on. I don't know. I think it was a test for us to see if we go. Oh, it's great! It's the greatest thing I ever had. Because some people accuse us of liking everything. Of everything, yeah. yeah. So, including uh, me. But yeah. I, Adam, I just want to make sure. You, do you feel the same way about this that we do? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Just, I mean, it, it, I bet it would make a killer screwdriver. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to try that at some point. So, all right. I tell you what, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, got new cigars for you to watch for. Plus, in the beer category, the Brewers Association has recognized some new styles of craft beer. So we'll share with you what those are. And I think maybe Chris will hard pour something else just so we can see if we can tell the difference between the hard and the soft pour. On uh, what, what what you mentioned, you had some. Uh, we, we can I, I, love I brought Celebrator. every style. So I, I brought some Feliz Navidad from mm-hmm. from Eighth Wonder. I brought some La Fin du Monde, which I'm a big fan of their mm-hmm. their uh, Abbey Ales. Badass song too. Some uh, oh some uh, heavy hands, nice from I mean, Spindle Tap. About a little bit of everything. German Bach, double Bach. All right, so you decide I like where the we're going celebrator next. because it comes with a dongle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it comes with something. Who doesn't you can, love a good dongle? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll be right back and smoking and toasting. <laughs> Back, it's smoking and toasting uh, the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com, available on the web, uh, mycigarshirts.com. Because cigars, yes, thank you. So, <clears throat> Chris Hart is here, he is uh, looking to perform a little science for us today. And anytime there's science that involves drinking, I'm generally down for it. Uh, but we're moving up in the beer selection, um, from Montucky Cold Snack in the last. Uh, experiment to this one is uh, what again, Chris? Uh, which beer is this? Oh, this is the uh, Celebrator Doppelbach. Uh, oh, uh, the Doppelbach. Okay, I Very love nice. this beer. Yeah, this is you're you're a fan of a lot of these um, uh, sort of European old world, uh, beers. old world beers, aren't you? Yeah, I do like a lot of those styles, but this one also comes with a dongle, which makes me very happy. <laughs> we mentioned in the last uh, in the last segment that a dongle is a wonderful thing. A so dongle is a, a good thing. dongle. So, all right, so Chris's assertion here is that regardless of whether there was a hard pour or not a hard pour, that we should be able, we shouldn't really be able to tell any difference in flavor. So we're trying to just figure out which one is even which. Yeah, I I just don't think it's that big of a deal is really Mm -hmm. what I'm arguing here. I think most people aren't going to tell. It's not going to really vary. Even if you guys were to guess 50-50, on all of these beers, like your your mm-hmm. running record is is you know five right five wrong. Right. That means that most of the time you're not even going to notice, right? It's really you're only focused in now on what matters, and I don't think it matters. All right, I'm going to say that. Ooh, smoky. I'm going to mm. say that just like the last time, the first two are not hard pours. And the third one is. Now, I don't know which one's which. You can look at that. Yeah. That's the first one. Okay. That is the second one. Okay. And there is my third. Okay. So, uh, and I Ian, say what do you think? Hard pour, hard pour, regular pour. So you're going the exact opposite of what I said. Because yes. I said 
first two first two regular pour, last one hard pour. So just so we're on the same page, which ones do you think is not the hard pour? Show me on the cup. I think that the uh, these two that these are, two are not the hard are pour. not the hard pour. Yeah, and, and this that one, one is. is okay. Yes. So uh, so that that one's got the X on the bottom. Yeah. So X and triangle. Wait, what did you say? I said. Hard pour, hard pour, not hard pour. Okay. So I said triangle and circle are okay. uh, are so not. S all I did was swap it this time. So I did two hard pour glasses and one non-hard pour to keep it even. Mm -hmm. And uh, your circles are the only ones that are not hard pour, and both of y'all missed that. Okay. <laughs> so the one that I so, thought was so, no. So your X and your triangle are hard pores. I have okay, I have a so, theory. So, no, so I got that right because I said the first two were not, and this one was, and the X was. So I missed on one of the three. Right. Well, yeah, all of y'all missed on one of the three because okay. two of them, you the two that you guessed were, you guessed two were hard pour and you guessed two were not hard pour. One and one were correct. Mm -hmm. And then the other one you guessed was the hard pour, and the one that you guessed was not the hard pour was incorrect. So one out of three. See, again, I'm consistent. I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I, no, I'm following you, but I, I think this is all pointing back to your original theory, which is that you can't really tell the difference. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so And it's, that people it's, who do are being a little too snooty about it, right? I, I think... Even brewers, I, I want to test this out with some Cicerones and some people who have got their certifications and think they're hot shit. Uh, because I, the, my whole point is, is leave me alone, let me drink my beer how I want to drink it. And to answer Jason's question, the reason why I hard pour is any amount of gastrointestinal <clears throat> relief, I, I don't have to, you know. My, my wife makes fun of me because we'll be watching a movie and I have to lean forward just to, to burp, right? And I, I thought you were going to say you had to lean forward for another reason. No, there's that as well, yeah. by the way. No, no, I don't have to lean forward for that. But I, the trapped gastrointestinal thing. So I just I prefer to to pour hard. That's what I do with wine. You know, you're supposed to pour hard with wine and get it aerated. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't think. I think we need to. It's 2021. We need to do everything we can to dispel cunty behavior. Okay, that's fair enough. I, 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 I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. All right, so let's take a break. We'll exhibit none of that behavior during the break, but we will be back to uh, talk uh, whiskey. We're going to do sure. going to do a little uh, Angel's Envy in this next segment. And are they, are they, what are these? Chris? These are these are two. There's a big argument about terroir. Uh, this is single malt Irish whiskey, not your standard Irish whiskey. Uh, this is single malt Irish whiskey. This is a step above uh, your typical Irish whiskey. And uh, they sent me some organic stuff. These guys do everything from grain to glass. They even put who grew the barley on the back of the bottle, which oh, farm it came from, who the grower was. I mean, they literally give you as much information, so much which, information. That which they, U2 song they were listening to when, yeah. they, uh, when they distilled it? When, uh, yeah. Well, okay, so I, so I tell you what, let's do. Let's go there next. We'll hang on to the Angels okay. Envy for the, uh, for the following segment uh, because I suspect we might want to taste these uh, side by side. Sure, okay. sure. All right, so a little Irish whiskey, plus we'll talk American single malt. Coming up next, it's smoking and toasting. Not to be inflammatory, but am I the only one that thinks YouTube's pretty boring?
smoking and toasting, and we are on show number 222. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, available on the web, Because Cigars. By the way, we're going to be trying some very, very crafty uh, Irish whiskey, some Irish uh, single malt. Uh, but I wanted to mention to you that uh, there's an interesting promotion going on this year. Jameson's Irish Whiskey is paying fans $50 to take off of work on St. Patrick's Day. I mean, we could all use something to celebrate, so... Jameson's decided they'd incentivize St. Patrick's Day. So they're offering fans a chance to win cash for taking the holiday off. They said last year, for uh, the first time in more than 250 years, many St. Patrick's Day celebrations were called off across the country. And here we are again. This is from a news release. Jameson's is doing this wrong. Oh, yeah? And why is that? Because you don't need to take... St. Patrick's Day off. You need to take the day after. You need to take the day after St. Patrick's Day off. <laughs> I love it. I That's love it. how that works. I think, Don't mix those up. I think you have uh, made a made a great. Oh, these. Oh, these are both both Adams. Got, got it. Got it. Oh, these are both Adams. Both Adams. Yeah. Okay. So and then that one goes to nope the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. This way. Yeah. So yeah, just like that. Okay. Gotcha. Don't mix them um, up, Adam. So basically, in the spirit of St. Patty's, Jameson is encouraging people to take. Uh, what they call SPTO, St. Patrick's Time Off, uh, to kick back and celebrate on the 17th, raising a glass with friends, either virtually or masked up with a six-foot social distance. To sweeten the deal, adults in the United States, ages 21 and up, are invited to enter the limited ten, limited time sweepstakes for a chance to win 50 bucks to make your, you know, to help you, you know, Compensate offset. for not being off, yeah, for not being for not working. Yeah, time off. Sweepstakes uh, ends at midnight on March seventh, and uh, there also is included. They're going to award this prize money to a thousand different people, and then they're going to do an additional fifty dollars uh, on behalf of each winner, that will be uh, given to the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. So that's uh, uh, also complementing a hundred fifty thousand dollar donation made by Jameson. So the biggest part of this is they're helping out restaurant workers, which is. Which is actually really cool. But you got to take the day after off. That's yeah. that's all. Well, that, I, if you can. Yes. I, so Chris has been taunting me with his hard pours over here. Yeah. But yeah. What he doesn't realize <laughs> is my, every time. my my second look back there for a sec because I'm looking just out of peripheral. Yeah. Because he looks at me every time he hard pours. Yeah. My second look back was I thought he hard poured uh, he hard poured his IPA and then he poured some Kentucky cold snack in there. <laughs> That's what I was like. Did he? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, well I mean, you way, could do that. It's your beer. What a way to ruin a great IPA, um, but, or even a bad IPA. Make it worse. Um, so, Chris, tell us again about this uh, Irish Irish single mom. Yeah. So uh, they they actually. Uh, they sponsor my show, but I'm not here based off that. They didn't pay me to come do your show. <laughs> but uh, it's an Irish whiskey company called Waterford. They basically, they're, they're one of my favorite distilleries on Isla in Scotland is called Brooklady. Uh, Brooklady was like revived Brooke yeah. uh, in the early 2000s and then sold to, I believe, Remy Contro. Uh, but the, the guy behind bringing Brooklady to life went and started making Irish whiskey. Uh, and this is where we are here with this. So Waterford Irish single farm origin whiskey. They literally do a single malt Irish whiskey, like based on harvest, based on individual farms and in different parts of Ireland. Uh, these are both from uh, County Kilkenny. Mm -hmm. uh, this one, they actually put who the grower was for the barley. Uh, and they actually, there's so much information about each individual bottle that they can't fit it all in the bottle or the box. So they put a terroir code on the back and you can go to glassrev.com slash Waterford and kind of put that code in, and it'll literally tell you everything you could possibly want to know about it. So if it's all made on the same equipment, 
in the same exact way by the same distiller, but the barley comes from different areas, then it kind of proves the concept of terroir. Okay. Yes. And they're trying to stay off of Wade Woodard's uh, radar. Shit list, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is their Irish whiskey. It's doing really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's, it's... it's. Can you... Can you uh, aside from the fact that it's made in Ireland, can you say what the difference is between Irish whiskey and other whiskeys? Yeah, so... Is there a, a difference from a style standpoint? Sure, sure. Uh, well, each each place has its own rules and laws. Uh, Scotland, you can only do single malt in uh, pot still. Um, Redbreast is a great one of the greatest Irish whiskeys. Is all pot still Irish whiskey. Um, it, it's really not for two places in particular are going through a bit of a resurgence. Canada and Ireland, because for years, for years, you mentioned Jameson. I'm not trying to shit on it. Jameson is like Jack Daniels. It's like a classic mainstay of Irish mm-hmm. whiskey. Uh, but in but Canada, that was what people thought of when they thought of Irish but whiskey. But that's what people thought of when they thought right. of Irish whiskey. It's all 80 proof. It's all cut water down. You know, mm-hmm. and so Ireland is going through a resurgence. Like, hey, no, no, we make really good whiskey. Yeah. Uh, Red Breast and Red Spot. You know, Red, Red, Red Spot's terrific. Great. Yeah. I just picked up a bottle of Blue Spot on the way here when I stopped to pick mm-hmm. up beer. Uh, th- there's a lot of great Irish distillers out there making great whiskey. Slain is a good one. Love Slain. Uh, it's just so like amazing. And the price point the is price. fantastic. The price yeah. point is great. Yeah. I wish they'd go up a little bit in proof, but but you know, for an Irish whiskey, it's definitely outside the realm of your standard boring category that's been kind of beat to death. Uh, and so Waterford is is really going out of their way to create like, literally, no holds barred, no no how do you say it no no holds, holds barred. barred. Uh, it's all that beer. It's all that foam. <laughs> don't uh, say no holds barred. That's a movie. That's, yeah, that's, you don't want to watch <laughs> yeah, that. That's a different movie. <laughs> that's awkward. <laughs> they they pulled out all the stops and just really have gone through great care to kind of showcase that it can taste different, even though it's made the exact same way. Right. From different places. So, what's the difference between these two bottles? Location, right? Okay. So, so it's, this it's is all terroir, right? Yeah, this is single farm origin. This is called Rathclaw. Rathclaw. Mm-hmm. Edition, is that the first one I have here? Edition one point one. This is the one on your left. Okay. The one on the and left. This, I love this. This one's Dunbell. All right. It's gonna be interesting to me to see what you what can, differences. You can very can, much smell yeah, the difference. You can. I'm willing to bet that's nose. Rathclaw, or Rathclaw. G H usually makes it's a. Clough. Clough. Yeah, Clough. Clough. Yeah, they're both. Well, from, this is this is super interesting. They're both from Cal- County Kilkenny. They're both uh, just Irish barley water yeast, no color. The, all, I love this. The retrohale on this is wonderful. No chill filtration. They left all the natural oils in the the liquid itself. Uh, I mean, they really are just giving you a raw product at 100 proof and too. It just lingers in a crazy awesome way. Yes, it does. Is this something that's available yeah, commercially in the United States? Yeah, it's available in Texas, too. Uh, they're all over the place. You can. Uh, I, I, I know that they, last time I talked to Bill, uh, I think they were on back order at some point. But, mm. uh, yeah, you can get it at specs. You know, they really, it's, it's if you're really going to, it's the difference between buying, uh, you know, your lower-end truck with the leather seats and then the higher-end truck with the hand-stitched leather seats, right? Yeah. Like, they yeah. really just, yeah. they, they put in the extra effort in every every turn so that what would delicious. one of these retail for uh i'm gonna say in the 80 dollars price range okay somewhere around there okay what do you now have you tried the second one yet? i haven't tried the second one yet but that first one is outrageously yes, good it really is good yeah uh, i mean with st patty's day's st patty's day coming i can't talk today me and me both man mm-hmm. 
happens when you words fail when you're on can't. the show. So are you on? Is this that why the slogan? Are you on? Second, yeah, <laughs> it's just cigars. Yeah, yeah. Cigars. See, that's why. I, that's why cigars. it's the only word I say. Cigars. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I need to. Uh, it, they are very different. I'm surprised. <laughs> My actually. only palate cleanser is a uh, celebrator. It's a, it's a yeah. beer. Yeah. At least it's not a Montucky cold snack. So oh, that's not a palate <laughs> cleanser. Those, those celebrators, man, they're smoky. Yeah, they they're are. Smoky. Yeah, they're they so are. good. Uh, so. What's your take on one versus two, uh, Ian? The first one again is the uh, Rathclaw. Yeah, and then the, the Dunbell. Second one is Dunbell. And they did it. They broke it down by edition. So this is edition 1.1 for the Rathclaw, and this is edition 1.1 for the Dunbell, which means you'll get the next harvest, right? Okay. If they use the same farm, and again, you'll get, you're getting a different harvest altogether. So let me ask you this question: as you know, as a, an aficionado of whiskey. Okay. Uh, let's say you uh, you are in love with the Rathclaw. That, that you sure. think it's fantastic. I think I'm in love with the Rathclaw. Uh, let's say you're reacting the way Ian's reacting to it, right? This is terrific. How do you feel about the next harvest and the next distillation being slightly different? Do you think that's a good thing? Or do you go, wow, I wish they would just make me more of this? I mean, it depends on what you want. I think that for most nerds in the whiskey hobby, mm -hmm. um, the one-offs are the most fun of the hobby. This yeah. is why barrel picks are so popular, mm -hmm. store picks are so popular. Mm -hmm. This is why Ingenious is so popular. Right. Because there is no main skew. There's no w one product available year-round no matter what. It's literally different every time. And so you mm -hmm. end up going to buy, instead of one bottle, you know, if, if, it's, if it's available year-round, I'll just buy it one at a time. Right. But if it's a one-off, I may buy three or four bottles, try and, to make it last. And make it last, yeah. Or you might buy a bottle, try it, and then go back and get several more. Yeah, if it's yeah absolutely. But it also, really like, like I, the fact that it's going to be different from bottle to bottle is very fun for me. Like, I, I seek that out because I love those little differences. Right. You know, and if they, if they go, okay, we're going to do this on the next harvest, and we're going to basically make it the same way, but of course it's a new harvest, so there's mm -hmm. going to be some differences. I kind of celebrate those differences. I love this, by the way. I, this is quite good, but this right yeah, here. Yeah, I would just say I like the rest of sweet better. spot. I, I like it better, but not by much. They're both really terrific. And I'll say that that you know, in when it comes to beer, at least, I kind of love having it both ways. Like I I love that when I want a Ghost in the Machine from Parish Brewing. I, when you want I can frozen, find it. right? When I want a frozen style. one, I, I go to Chris's house. Uh, but no, no when I it. when I uh, <laughs> uh, no, when I want one of those, I know I can I know I can find it, and I know it's going to be just as good as the last time I got it. But I also love trying the new ones and and going through, and some of them I like better than others. But it doesn't really matter. Like it's uh, so I, I love having it both ways, and I guess it's certainly possible to do that in the whiskey world as well. There's things that you know can be go tos that are going to be consistently good, and then there's things that you can. You can try that are uh, that are more limited. It's, these uh, two are so interesting. This one is just robust and uh -huh. round and sweet on the front, mm -hmm. and this one's a little more mineral and mm -hmm. and uh, cleaner on the finish, although yes. funkier up front in a little mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. I'm looking up the pronunciation just to be sure. <laughs> I've been going with Rath. <laughs> yeah. So on the back, it does spell it at the top. So the strategic importance of Rath, and it spells it C H, which means Stone Fort. Uh, and in, traditionally, I know in Scotland, in Gaelic, a mm -hmm. CH makes a K sound. This is why Glenfiddich is not Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich, it's Glenfiddich. It's Glenfiddich. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, So, but on the on the tr on the actual spelling of the place, it's GH, and I'm assuming it's probably the same sound. Oh, so it might be Rathclaw. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Chris, let me run through um, sure. some uh, some distilleries uh, from an article from Yahoo Life, and we all know if all we're right. if we're looking for. Uh, you know, up-to-date and accurate uh, information, we all go to Yahoo, right? So that's... that's or Google. Well, 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 I was making a Yahoo joke. We all go to Google. Uh, but but in any case, this is from Yahoo, and uh, this was written in November of last year. Okay. And they are selecting here 10 distilleries that they say are making the best American single malt whiskey. Okay. And I, I, wanna, I want oh, you to... Oh, you see him get all... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. See, this, this is why I love having him on the show, because I love having him chime yeah, in. Like I, I saw the, the uh, intake so, of, of so preparation there. It's American single malt. Okay. So, not to be confused with you, the other... Do you want some ice and a straw for that? No, <laughs> but I definitely poured the rest of it, because I'm going to need it for this question. <laughs> uh, so, this is based on not the distillery as a whole, but just on their single malt distillate. Okay. okay. Uh, the first of the 10 that they mention, and these are not in order other than I think maybe alphabetical, uh, the first that they mention is right up the street in Waco, Texas, Balcones. Yeah, so um, I, I knew that they were going to be on the list, and I was already preparing mm -hmm. to disclose that they're also a sponsor of my show. Okay. Uh, but they have never once asked me not to be honest, and I've been honest about some things, about certain expressions. But none of that honesty, negativity has been about their single malt. Their single malt is great. Right. So the uh, Balcones One Texas single malt is kind of their flagship, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've done yeah. I've done something like seven barrel single barrel selections that have been their single malt. We're releasing two this weekend. One that was put into a honey barrel. One that was put into a port wine barrel. Ooh. Uh, we, their single malts. I mean, yes. Uh, and their latest uh, single malt release, other than what you're talking about, is called Lineage. It's made from a mash bill of Texas and Scottish-grown barley uh, that's aged in both uh, refill and new American oak barrels. So uh, how do you feel about Stranahan's? That's the next one on the list. Silence speaks volumes, I wasn't, doesn't it? Stranahan's uh, is okay. I was not blown away by Stranahan's it. Stranahan's has, has come a That's long Colorado, way. That's Colorado, isn't yep. it? Colorado. Yes, Rocky Mountain yeah. single malt. Since, yeah. uh, They've come a long uh, way. They've come a long way. They're, they're, they did one, I always forget if it's called Snow Phoenix or Snowflake, one of the two, uh, that, that is truly exceptional. But their, overall... Their new uh, addition to the lineup is called Blue Peak. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, they've come a long way. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't put them on the, the top five of, of American single malt, no. But but maybe they could make the top ten? Uh, it's tough. Okay. Maybe. Pretty right. close. Pretty close. How about McCarthy's Oregon single no, malt whiskey? No, definitely not. That, that whiskey is garbage. Okay, see, this is what I love yeah. about Chris. See, he, he will not. I haven't, I've never tried that. He will not beat around the bush. Yeah, He'll tell you. So they thinks. sent me some, and they're sponsors of the Whiskey Social. Uh, maybe not anymore. Uh, <laughs> They're former sponsors of the Whiskey Social. The, it's this, you don't have to worry, Chris. As nobody, long as our six listeners listens don't to tell this, them. Yeah, nobody listens to this show anyway. So Their, their packaging is, is good. Uh, the, the single malt was not good. I had a couple pours and gave the bottle away. Interesting. All right. How about, Did you give it away to someone you liked or someone you didn't like? Well, uh, what, what, what are your <laughs> thoughts on in-laws? <laughs> did, did you give it to Alan Denny? <laughs> um, what about Westland? Oh, well, Westland's up there in top three. Uh, another right? Pacific Northwest distillery that's focused on making American single malt. And uh, they, uh, I, I tell you what, they're raving about it in this Yahoo article. Yeah, they're pretty interesting. So Westland... Wait, I, I thought we were joking about Yahoo. Does this still exist? It, uh, yeah. Believe it. That's why I said, that's why oh. I was joking about Yahoo, is that when you want up-to-date information, okay, you I'm go sorry, to go Yahoo. Ahead. I, I just caught on to that. Sorry, yeah, I've been somewhere yeah. else, apparently. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, I go to Yahoo for my search engine, and I uh, use my dial-up modem. 
It's kind of the yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> yeah, my AOL address. Yeah. Exactly. My AOL. Exactly. Yeah. But Westland, good. Westland, uh, based out of Seattle. I went. I've been to the distillery. Uh, they are arguably the the king of of American single malt, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, That's high praise. They're number one, uh, consistent, beautiful, fun. They do an April Fool's release every year where they submit a cola approval. So what happens is when you want to create a whiskey and you want to sell it in the U.S., you have to first submit it to the the federal government. Mm -hmm. Once they approve it, they publicly release that it's been approved. And so a lot of smart people will go to that website and see what's about to come out. Ah, you know? yeah, so yeah. It's like, it's like, so then they know to go and grab it if it's something that's going to be very limited. Because often <clears throat> you'll find out from that website before that distiller even announces it's coming. Ah, so it's inside information, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they do an April Fool's release every year, uh, but they'll actually make it and sell it at the distillery as a joke. Uh, and, and it's crazy stuff, really, really bizarre stuff. But but is it good? No, no, no. Their April Fool stuff is all arguably nonsense. Okay. But, but they they do a sherry single malt. They do the the Gariana. They do a peated one. That I mean, the, the Westland is consistently fantastic American single malt. You cannot go wrong, Westland. All right. So that's Westland. Yeah. What about Westward? Westward. Uh, West, Westward's good. Westward's coming. They're fairly new. I want to say the last. They're four, from Portland, right? Yeah, the, I'd say the last four years. Haven't tried that take. either. There's, there's a lot of new things to try here, Ian. For yeah, sure. They're they're good. Westward's good. All right, talk to me about Cedar Ridge. Never Iowa. heard. Never heard of it. Uh, never heard let me of see it, a picture. Huh? Is there a picture? Uh, there's a picture of a part of the bottle there. Can you see that? Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Yeah. All right. So it says they're located in Iowa. They make a few different kinds of whiskey, including... <laughs> oh, here you go. This this should disqualify them from the list right here. Uh, including a collaboration with Slipknot, the band. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the quintessential launch last summer, a single a launch last summer was a single malt made from a mash bill of 100% two-row pale mar- malted barley. Um, so yeah. So two row is going to have larger grains, right? You know, it's often used in beer. The six mm-hmm. row, two row discussion. Uh, six row barley is usually much smaller kernels. Two row is going to have much larger kernels. So you, that's why you can only fit two of them in a row. This yeah. is why you have the whiskey expert on the show. So I, ideally, when you when you germinate them to to get them to sprout, so you can use that to develop, you know, mm-hmm. give the yeast some sugars to to turn into alcohol. Um, <clears throat> Two row tends to be a bit more of a fruitful production. Makes sense. Okay. What about Virginia Distillery Company? You got a picture? Uh, Courage and Conviction is their flagship American Never single malt. Yeah. Interesting. So Yahoo has unearthed some things that I, I would be are maybe a little below the radar. Here. I'd be willing. I'd be looking on that article f- for words that say sponsored by. So, <laughs> so typically these these lists mm. are produced. So. A little little tip out there for people looking to up your Yahoo number. Or your, sorry, your Yahoo numbers, your, your YouTube go, numbers. Your YouTube numbers, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows in, in newspaper and in in, in old school production uh, of stories, top ten lists are a good way to get lots of clicks, right? Mm-hmm. These are sure, the top people love lists. I love them. These are the top restaurants opening. These are the top single malts opening. A lot of YouTube people will build their base to get their subscriber list up by doing top 10 lists. These mm-hmm. are the 11 bourbons that you need in your bar right now. I right watch, now! I watch the Watch Mojo top 10 and top 20 list videos on YouTube all the time. Yeah. Because they're always really interesting, you know? I, I won't do them. Yeah. Uh, only because I, I it feels a bit forced. Yeah. You know, it kind of sucks my soul a little bit. Like, you know, our, <laughs> our friend Doug? Yes. Yeah. Doug was. It was like, hey man, you should submit a top ten f- bourbons for Father's Day list to to Culture Map. 
I was like, I can't do it. I just <laughs> really. It just feels so is, forced and faked yeah, every right. time. Uh, see, but it's a know. it's a great way a to great get way tons to get, of clicks. It's yeah. a great way to get tons of clicks. Well, um, I, I will I will just say that you have been always when I've you know watched and listened to your show as well as when you're on here. You're always very transparent when there's a sponsorship involved. I, I want to be. I, I just I, I don't want. I'm, I'm a very like you know how you've been accused of liking everything. Mm-hmm. I'm an easy pleaser with a lot of things. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things I'm very open to. Yeah. Uh, my my breadth of flavor profile, like I really like a lot of funky things. Uh, I've I've been accused of liking things a lot, but I am very quick to drop the hammer. Yes, you are. When, you, when, you, when something needs to that hammer drops. Yeah. No. I, we and you've done it a number of times on this show. It's it's why it's fun to have you on. I, I almost feel like in some ways, you feel. Freer to drop that hammer quickly oh, on I our do. show than, I you, do. than you do on your own. And I understand. <laughs> oh, that. I do. Uh, how about St. George Spirits? Uh, Saint, okay, so St. George, uh, I will say that they are an, an icon of American mm-hmm. spirit production. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of really, really great, fantastic things, but they're a wild card in some regards. They did something called a Baller. Uh, the release was called Baller. It was done in a very Japanese style. Uh, I think it was right at three years old. That was like old. a Lil Wayne song. Uh, Baller? Oh, yeah. no. Uh, little Somebody. I don't know. It's too many Little, little Somebody. And, yeah. Oh, I know who it was. It was uh, Little Idiot. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's too many Lil's. I wouldn't want to be. 16 switches in the 16 Impala. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be a Lil. And, like, you know what? One of the hottest rappers right now? Da Baby. Oh, I know. Who? My wife likes the him. The fuck names themselves right, what Da Baby? Yeah. What about Megan the Stallion? Megan the Stallion is what I call her. Megan the Stallion. Isn't the stallion, stallion a male horse? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't figure a it out. I can't figure it out. Stud horse at we that, could, right? We could, we could be on that for days. Uh, let's do a top ten list of disturbing rapper names. I know your favorite. It's probably not best to do that during Black History Month, guys. <laughs> probably, let's, not. Let's, probably not. Probably not. Right. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> but, uh, no, so I, I, you know, I, I just want to be... Uh, honest when I can, and 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 I want to be honest all the time. I'm I can always be honest, but I tend to be a little bit more colorful with you. How about few spirits? Uh, okay, so f- oh, sorry. Let me go back to or is it F E W? I call it few. Let me go back to baller real quick. So okay. baller is a Japanese style art label. You know those really beautiful old Japanese mm-hmm. art paintings from years ago. They did one of those. It's a very Japanese style label. It's very cool looking, but it mm-hmm. is the most bizarre single malt you ever put in your mouth. It's, hmm. it's objectively not good, and for 125 bucks, it's arguably bad so st george has done a lot of great things i'd put them up there in the top five i wouldn't put them in the top three and again that's 50 50 for fourth or yep, fifth yep, yep. um few has done some good things i don't like they did a flaming lips thing too uh speaking of yes. band collaborations yeah. I, but at least it was a super cool band. <laughs> it's been a while since I've tried their single malts. I don't even can remember single malt now that I think about it. But I do remember their gin, and it blew me away. Mm-hmm. They had a really good gin, uh, and that that flaming lips thing is is not good. But oh, I, I haven't no. tried it. No. All I know is that the latest new flaming lips song that I discovered while poking around on uh, the streaming services is called "Mother I've Taken LSD." Is it good? It is good. Actually, I, like that I band. really like it. I, I thought like that was that your first band. question. You're like, but is it good? Before before I say, give my thoughts yeah. on the title. Just let me know. No, I, I love the Flaming Lips as a band. I, I just do. Think I've seen them ridiculous. live. They're fun. I've seen them live a couple of times. When Wayne Coyne turns around and starts smashing that gong, it's like a, it's like a cathartic moment for the entire audience. <laughs> it's great. Tenth uh, Street Distillery. 
Uh, never heard of it. Let me see. They are, they're from San Jose. Uh, and oh, they yeah, are looking to... They're fairly new, yeah. Yeah, so. they're looking to change. So could be sponsorship involved. So that's that's the last of the list. Yeah, there's three on that list that I don't think should be on the list if they're not widely available. Right. Because And they're not widely available. The three that I didn't sure. know, they're right. not... They're, I, that means they're, yeah, you haven't seen them come across them in your dealings. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's not to say that I know everything. But Anything it's, off the top of your head that's obviously missing? I realize that's a, a loaded question. So American single malt for American single malt. Um, you know, I, I don't, they're not making it very often, and they're not widely available. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them on the list. Uh, but Widmeyer's, Widmeyer's does uh, a really good single malt. That's that's arguably there's a there's a big fan following for their single malt. I love their single barrel. Uh the one with the blue label. By so the way, good. we've got him coming back on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. When and is he's, that? He's uh, uh, you know he he actually was scheduled and we had to bump it because he uh, like somebody around him uh, exposed him to COVID, so he had to quarantine and we just haven't rescheduled. But it'll be coming up soon. Okay. So he's awesome. So uh, all right, tell you what, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We got drinking news coming up. We got uh, 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 an Angel's Envy uh, rye to taste here. Amen. Oh, and. Um, if we have time, we might even do one more beer. So uh, it's smoking and toasting with our whiskey expert, Christopher Hart. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. The program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yeah, please check them out and uh, support them because they are a sponsor of the show. Now, Ian's about to pop a top here, and... Oh, that was wonderful. That was beautiful. So, while Ian's pouring this and we stand by for drinking news... Um, I will just mention that it was it was a very interesting year last year, and it capped off with a very uh, a very awesome Christmas. We, we just had a great Christmas at my house, and one of the things that made it great missed the invite was that my uh, well it was it was just a family only thing. But well, you're on the yeah, show, missed the invite. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> here on the show, um, Ian um, had brought me in a Christmas gift, and I'm pretty sure for his Christmas gift, I think I gave him some kind of little. Um, plaque and a smoking and toasting uh, bottle opener. But Ian went way over the top for my gift and he gifted me an engraved bottle of Angel's Envy Finished Rye. And I had never tried this before. And I, I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag here. It's one of my favorite spirits, like, ever. I love this. It's, uh, it's, it's now joining, at my house, it has joined the ranks of the Jose Cuervo Reserva de la Familia, where it's only I, poured for special occasions. I found myself in Louisville. Yeah. And uh, at the Angel's Envy Distillery, mm -hmm. chatting with the guy there. And uh, in fact, I had the bottle in my hand, and he goes, You know, we can engrave that for, uh, for a small bit extra. So I drew out a couple penises on a piece of paper, and he said, We can't do that. And then so I finally settled on Merry Christmas. Cruise and marriage. <laughs> See that on that, the bottle that worked really well. Although it's so interesting that you bring up what your original plan was, 
because it's going to tie into our drinking news story, and you didn't even realize it. So, uh, so yay for that. Because nothing would have been funnier than to give you oh, an angel in me body uh, honestly, uh, bottle honestly, with a penis drawn on it. I, honestly, it would have been absolutely – that would have been the type of thing you save and show your grandkids, you know? And not when they're really young, but after been, they get older. Hilarious. After they get really old. But no, yeah. I, uh, so we tried, we tried a bunch of the whiskeys there, and I thought, you know what? This one is spicy, interesting, delicious. Now, Chris, have you had this before? Yes, this is an old staple for them. Okay. And I also thought uh, a large part of this, too, was that I thought that your wife would like it a lot. Because and she, she does. she likes those interesting baking spices and things like and, that. And that sort of that maple and, of, and, yes. yeah, and woodsy and the maple type of thing. Now, my wife is, is a fan of rum mm-hmm. and then probably secondarily tequila. Uh, Whiskey is definitely a distant third for her i mean like this but smells like a lot of port this. on pancakes oh absolutely does she loves this and and this is uh this is as good now is this something we have to wait to see if he says it's garbage can you can you actually find this uh at at you know liquor stores i think so yeah uh, it's yeah, not you something can. you have to get at the i don't think yeah right? don't, it's not that rare or anything it was just fun to be there and say i got the bottle there and and then have it uh, engraved, so yeah, uh, that was fun. It made it made for a wonderful gift, and uh, I'm just excited to be able to drink a little I'm more of it. I'm super happy with my on the show. with my uh, little with your bottle plaque opener and my and, bottle and the plaque. Opener. Yeah, I, I know that's the plaque with the cat that said "Hang in there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I don't just give that to anybody. You understand? Next year, I'm hoping for the tapestry with the dogs playing pool. Oh yes, that's, that's very good. Yeah, so uh, Angel- I have a place online I can get that. By the way, so. Uh, Angels Envy. Angels Envy. Yeah, yeah. So this is allocated. Um, it's on allocation. It's not. It's not readily available. It's only available in small quantities. Uh, you can typically find it. Uh, you know, most most of the time, somewhere in the city's got it. Right. Uh, it's usually running unless it's gone up in price. I'm going to say probably around eighty, eighty-five bucks. That's uh, that's when, fantastic for something of this quality. When it first came out, I want to say it was like seventy-five bucks. But I remember it went up. So it's probably closer to a hundred. Do you remember what you paid for it? Um, eighty bucks. Yeah, yeah. So and then the engraving, and right. they wouldn't do the penis. I felt bad about that. <laughs> the, that would have been so awesome, by the way. <laughs> the fun thing about this is this is not actually rye. Oh, interesting. So explain. Yeah. So <clears throat> so so it's it's they they bought rye from MGP out of Indiana, ninety five five recipe rye, ninety five percent rye, five percent malted barley, uh, and they threw it in the rum barrels, but. Interestingly enough, in the U.S., our requirement for rye is for it to be a new barrel. So the moment it went into mm. an old barrel is the moment it technically that it ceases, to become, ceases rye. to become rye. So now one of the things that the TTB and the federal government allows us to do is it allows us to dis- put a description as to what happened to the liquid on mm-hmm. the front of the bottle. So you can say... Angel's Envy Rye Whiskey Finished in Rum Casks. Oh, it is called Finished Rye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's just just a fun fact. It, there's it, there's nothing wrong with it. But right, it's, it's just it just is one of those yeah, it says, regulations right about on, labeling. Right on the front, it says Rye Whiskey Finished in Caribbean Rum Casks. So, so would that, Wade have a problem with this, or would he be all right with it? I mean, as long as it's compliant and it okay. it, does, it is compliant. All right. So uh, that that's Wade's whole shtick is that it, it, he wants things to just be honest mm-hmm. and follow the rule because if you don't follow the rule, it can be misleading. And mm-hmm. I'll give you another example. Uh, there is, I gotta be careful here. Uh, let me. There is. I'll just say that there's a brand out there that um, it. It's tough. Okay. Is it a vodka brand? No, no, no. It's it was a whiskey brand. Oh. I think I think I actually may know which one you're talking about. There's a, well, a few of them have done it, but basically, um, 
it's a bit misleading to call something uh, a rye whiskey if it's not if you if you've done something to it if you add color to it if you add flavors to it uh, you need to put the full description on the bottle so people know what. So you, you say rye whiskey with yeah, or that has been right. Right, and if it if it doesn't and it just says rye whiskey, then you're you're lying to a consumer, right? So mm-hmm. especially if it says something like straight on it, right? Straight rye, right. you can't have. Yeah. So um, yeah. Anyway, so, so long story short, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a delicious thing. A lot of people like it. It's uh, you know hundred proof, tastes like Christmas in a glass. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's just uh, fun information to to give along with the well, bottle. I absolutely love this. What a what an awesome gift, Ian. You know, I maple I had syrup. A, I had a space. It is so maple syrup. Pancakes. I had a space, you know, cleared on my wall in case you had gotten me the hang in there cat poster. Uh, but this wound up being even more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is just great stuff. And so you sampled this at the distillery. I did. And thought, yeah, that would work. Well, you were right on because my wife loves it too. And yep. again, she does like whiskey, but not nearly as much. Well, I knew, like I said, like I was, I so. was thinking of you guys because I needed to get you something, and I hadn't gotten you anything yet. And um, and I was thinking of you guys when I tasted it. I was like, you know, uh, because it's it's whiskey enough. To be delicious and you like it, but it's also maple syrupy mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. to where your wife would be like, "That's really good." It's there's, a digestif. There's a, a lot of, digestif. A lot of deliciousness yes. going on so. here. A lot of. So I was thinking of you and Mary, and that's why I put your names on there. Well, that's awesome, and, and also because they wouldn't let me put a penis. They wouldn't let you put the penis. <laughs> Speaking of, it's time for drinking news. It's time for drinking news. It is indeed. I'm hoping one of the things you mention. Go ahead. Uh, I'm hoping one of the things you mentioned is. Something related to the Kardashian family. <laughs> Have you already guys already discussed it? No, we haven't. What? Uh, what? Jenner's tequila? Oh no! Kendall's got a. Uh, te- we have uh, not discussed Kendall yeah. Jenner's tequila, and it was huge backlash over cultural appropriation. Uh, that you know, interesting development in the spirits world. Why? Why is there a backlash? Well, she's not Hispanic. And whore, and and she's naming it after a United States area code, and there is this push in the realm of celebrity spirits, specifically for countries that are uh, developing, mm-hmm. uh, to that you're you're pulling away from like who distilled it, right? Like what about right. that? Like you're you're appropriating their liquid. And there's a big controversy over covering up where it comes from by giving it a so, U.S. area code. Well, okay, so like, but but is it about the name of the person not being Hispanic or Latino, or is it about that area code? Because like I George Strait, for example, is involved in uh, Conigo tequila, and he's been accused of it as well. Interesting, but, but his is massively successful, and eventually people move on to something else to be mad at. Yeah, but I think what people are upset is a whole new. Celebrity, another celebrity tequila that's really, you know, The Rock went through it whenever he opened his. Mm-hmm. So, but hit that dude makes so much money. He'll, yeah. he'll just plow right through the controversy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's figured it out. Yeah. I don't know how he figured it out, but he figured it out. Do you well, know, do you know how much he charges for an Instagram post? No. $1.2 million. For an Instagram post. Yeah, so if, if, if you want the, the Rock to promote one of your products. Yeah. $1.2 million. That's an influencer. That is something else. I don't know if we can top that with drinking news, but we're going to try. Drinking news. Drinking news. It's the gentle approach. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. 
drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Grab a cup while we gather round. Saddle up and drink them down. I got a story and I swear it's true. So now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Ian, thank you for the uh, musical intro. Drinking news, as uh, we have mentioned before on this program, is not necessarily a story always about drinking, but it's always a story that may be most enjoyable to yes, hear well, when that. you've actually been uh, drinking. So, a Florida man. <laughs> what a coincidence. Drinking news. <laughs> a Florida man who also happened to be the pilot of an airplane did something interesting recently. I'll, uh, I'll cut to the announcement from the cabin. This is your pilot speaking. We're cruising at an altitude of 41,000 feet. And we're just going to be flying in the shape of a penis today. Aviation fans who happen to check Flight Radar 24, a popular aviation site that give users the ability to track the flight paths of planes around the world, may have noticed an odd pattern that a private plane made above Florida. Uh, yep. If you haven't noticed it yet, is that picture up yet, Adam? Uh, it takes us a minute sometimes before we can see it. Yeah, there's the uh, flight path. Uh, uh, that That's what I wanted to put on your bottle. See, exactly. And uh, and they wouldn't do it. And, uh, apparently, uh, Angel Zimby should have gotten in touch with this guy. So uh, while it's unknown whether this particular pilot was aware that he was drawing a sky penis. Oh, on. he come had on. to be. Come tough. on, yeah, you had to know. <laughs> that guy's like you my hero. Know. That's hilarious. It's, it's just too perfect. It's uh, so, tremendous. So yeah, there you go. That's this week's drinking news. By the way, D is there a second penis in that photo? Uh, I, well, it looks like a second penis yeah. in that photo. It's a side oh, profile and uh, a top profile. The, the, green, the green one. Yes, you're absolutely right. So there's no way that's not coordinated, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it had to be. By the way. And I don't have a photo of this, but I can show you guys here in the studio. Uh, for $122,000, you too can buy an island that's shaped like a penis. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so, nothing. Ian, maybe you can show that to the, uh, uh, yeah, to the camera I, I'll, from pitch, where you I'll pitch in a couple bucks towards, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> towards penis island, as penis it were. Penis island. There you go. There's. Ah, uh, uh, there it is. Yeah. 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 Imagine wow. that. So. So yeah, that's just that's kind of drinking news. We call news. it cock and ballsia. That's kind of drinking news one B. Uh, so take us home, man. Drinking news. Oh, I can't wow. just caught up. Drinking news. Drink. Uh, that was that. That's a that's a G major with a flat nine on top. Okay, I understand. That's what that is. Uh, drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Oh man, Erica Beindorf. She. I was. Forgive me, Erica, for mispronouncing your, your middle name there, Beindorf Skolnick. Uh, she is the rep. Uh, she, she, I say rep. She's the, uh, forgive me, Erica, again, uh, I would say regional manager for Westland. So, oh, so okay. you speak Westland's name and, and they, they come. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we gave uh, Westland a big shout out there, Erica. Very good. Very good. Cheers, y'all. 
Um, well, all right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back for our final segment. Chris, it's always so much fun having you on the show. I have to say. Thanks, we, man. We learn things. We drink things. What else is there to do except maybe smoke things? So next time we have you on, we'll have to be remote somewhere. We're excited about being able to get back out there and do shows. That would be nice. Uh, do shows at live locations. When that, now that uh, I will be leaving my day job here shortly, I will have more time to catch up to Sir Alan Denny. All right, so when we when we come back, I'll, I want to ask you about that, and I want to ask you about the latest updates on the Whiskey Social. Sure. And uh, what's going on with Houston Bourbon Society and with your uh, gregarious Grump releases. So this guy's always got something going on. Oh, yeah. I actually yeah. brought a little... Uh... Oh, okay. Well, we'll do a little tasting in the sure. next segment. Uh, it's Smoking and Toast, and we'll be right back with our final segment after this. Woo! We got time for me to run a restroom? Yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah, uh, quick, quick, because this is our last segment. I'll push. I'll make Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. Back for our final segment. We kind of call this the goodbye segment, but I want to get right to some things that Chris brought that actually have been kind of out of my line of sight, but I'm really excited about it. And uh, anyway, thanks for coming back to the show. Uh, we are all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. It's almost uh, T-shirt time, so uh, go over there and check it out. Get outfitted for spring in some cool new snarky uh, T-shirt. Uh, Chris... I remember, uh, of course, you know, I remember. My, my first, you know, uh, memories of you and spirits uh, were primarily about whiskey. But I remember when you and I got into a discussion about rum. And then I remember when you brought me a taste of that rum that was the British Royal Navy uh, rum and how delicious that was. And then shortly after that, you kind of got into the rum business, right? Yeah, so well, I just started bottling spirits. I don't care if it's rum or if it's right. cognac. We're going to be doing some cognac here shortly. Uh, we are looking at whiskey, of course. Uh, if it spends time in a barrel and it deserves to be in a bottle, I want to do it. Which is kind of what your show is about. I mean, it's called Whiskey Neat, but you you talk about all kinds of uh Yeah, of the very spirits. first episode was with Doc Sackis, and it was rum. <laughs> I love Doc. He's just, whiskey he's, is neat. He's, oh, an, he's an awesome dude. So. Yeah, so we, we released six barrels, and I actually came on the show shortly around the time we released it, back in mm -hmm. September Remember at some that. point. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've got some new stuff that's coming in, and, and uh, what you have in front of you is currently a distiller we haven't done yet, uh, and that is 18-year-old Mount Gay Barbados rum. Wow. Cast strength, single barrel, unadulterated. Um, it smells great. And, yeah, I, I've got that. That's 18 years old. I also brought some 19-year-old Mount Gay, so just a year older. And uh, and then I brought something crazy, which there's not much left of. I hope we can turn that into at least two Ooh, samples. This has that beautiful chemically rubberiness on the end that mm -hmm. I really love. Oh, yeah, it's, it's that rummy funk. Yeah. Know? Or funky rum. Is there a name Whatever for you that? You call. probably have a better word for it than beautiful chemical ru no, rubberiness. No, uh, I call it... Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say something really crass. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose not to. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, listen, there's so many beautiful spirits out there. I want to do some scotch, but scotch is so crazy right now. But yeah. I actually, I found a way around the importation. Uh, you know that they raise the tariffs? Yeah. Uh, I found a way around that. Oh. So hopefully it's my goal this year to bring in some single malt scotch from Scotland with double digits at the craziest price I can that you can find, mm -hmm. and uh, we're working on that. 
Now, your rums, these are the ones that I've seen in the stores have been pretty pricey. Uh, I mean, these are yeah. these are for connoisseurs and aficionados. It's not your everyday drinking rum. Right. And, yeah, so correct. The last six releases of Gregarious were in the 115 to $130 range. Mm-hmm. Now, you can make a hurricane with that, but you might but enjoy you might, it by itself. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so there's only a few independent bottlers in the U.S. that are doing... 13, 15, 18, 19, 20-year-old rums, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all north of 150. So right. what, what I'm bottling is the current, currently the cheapest single-cast, cast-strength rums in the U.S. Uh, that, are, that are of that date, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, oh, of oh, similar profile and age. Mm-hmm. That they're all, they're mm-hmm. all, so far, they've been all, these, in fact, are going to be in the same price range. You're talking about nearly mm. 20-year-old single-barrel rum for under 130. Well, uh, and maybe even less than that. I loved the first one you gave us, and then I tasted the second one. Holy, I haven't tried the second one. Holy yet. cow, that's good. Yeah, I so mean, that's just fantastic. Hopefully we'll be expanding to California, New York, some other states too, but, but there's just so many good things that uh, I want to put in the barrel while you still can. What mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize is all spirits are blowing up right now. Yeah. So we are really like in the last era of being able to put into the bottle of like really good aged stuff. Because the demand is so high. selling out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. Right now, there's a lot of bourbon out there that is, has no age statement. It's under six years old. Uh, I can think of one in particular that's two years old, and it's $300. Wow. And uh, no. Yeah. yeah and no. That seems ridiculous. So we're, we're, we're in the last era of like some really good single-barrel rums, some really good single-barrel cognacs and army necks, because all those prices are just getting crazy. Mm, that's, that's amazing. Now, these are great, and I'm loving them. Let me ask you a little bit about the Houston Whiskey Social and the... Um, I think this is Adam's second glass. Adam's second glass. We'll pass it along. Uh, Houston Whiskey Social in the time of COVID. Uh, obviously, you wound up having to skip a year, right? Yeah. Well, I, we're skipping half a year. Skipping half a year. Okay, so, so how's that going to work? It was originally set for February, March, and we told ourselves that if the Houston Rodeo could happen, then we could happen. And then the... And that's not necessarily true. And we got wind kind of a little before they announced that the rodeo wasn't going to happen, that it was that they were going to cancel it, and they did. Uh, I, I th- it's just impossible to put sixteen hundred to two thousand people in a building, right? With with masks on, even with masks right. on, it's still crazy, right? Yeah. And, so and with uh, with something where you're sampling, and, and as uh, much as drinks. you want to emotionally distance from everybody, you can't socially distance, right? Yeah, right. So we're, what we're hoping to do, uh, we were already planning on taking over more of the facility, more of the grounds, more tents outside, not just the cigar tent. Uh, we were hoping to do it in September, Bourbon Heritage Month, and then maybe October, November, do a uh, Houston Agave Social. Right. All Talk Mexican Bay Spirits. I love that. Uh, and I think what we need right now is more widely available vaccines. And once I, think it's, I believe they're coming. I do. And once we get rid of the masks, then I, would, then I think we're safe. Uh, until then, it's a PR nightmare. It's an expensive. And these events to run for one night, I've told people before, uh, it's pushing on $150,000 to put on that event for one night. Just to put it on. And if you screw it up yeah. because you're ignoring Facebook, you know, mask protocols mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. people's health, and there's lawsuits involved. Ah, well, yeah, so we'll there's wait. no reason to go there. We'll yeah. wait patiently. Plus, you've got to get the uh, the spirit companies to be willing to be involved, and they've all got their own policies and protocols, right? Yep. yep. So we sent out emails to kind of touch on that. About half of the distilleries were like, yeah, we're ready to go when you are. 
other half are like we still have not been cleared for events that are that big uh, so we're just kind of we're in, we're in a holding pattern in a in a penis shaped holding pattern. Penis shaped holding pattern. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and we're just we're just waiting until. So how what's the best way for people to keep track of it? No, oh, great question. Great question. I should have thought of that. Uh, go to HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. You can sign up for our newsletter, mm-hmm. uh, and we're only going to send you emails when we've got things worth sending. So it's not yeah. a weekly thing. In fact, we haven't sent one in months. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can sign up there, and we will announce when the next event starts. Of course, if you also go to our Facebook page, uh, the Houston Whiskey Social, we will be uh, – uh, we're looking at a name change, too, by the way. Really? Yeah, I think we're going to simplify it to just the Whiskey Social. The Whiskey Social. Yeah, it'll like be that. the Whiskey Social dash – Houston. Houston. Yeah. All right. And then Dallas. Because then, yeah, then you could take it other places. Yeah. Own it, baby. I love it. I love it. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, I want to uh, thank you, Chris, uh, in all seriousness, for being on the show. It's always a blast when you're here. Thanks for and, having uh, me. No matter what Alan Denny says, we enjoy your company and enjoy having <laughs> you uh, on the program. Uh, we like Alan, too, in fairness. Uh, of course. You know, I, and I, I, have an, uh, I have young children who also don't know what they're talking about. So you can just kind of take it with a grain of salt, right? Well, so <laughs> you love them, you give them food and shelter and they love you back but you don't really take them seriously right? i got it i so. got it i understand where you're coming from uh alan we love you brother um this has been great fun and it's been delicious and uh let's do it again soon sure i'm in i, I love it all right chris hart his show is called whiskey meat it can be found uh, uh on espn here if you're in the houston area what what time and day does it air yeah, so uh, every Friday morning, I we drop the podcasts on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, on uh, iTunes and Google Play and all your podcasting platforms right. uh, at three o'clock, so that when you wake up in the morning for drive time, you can listen to it. Then we've had guests like Matthew McConaughey, William oh, H Macy, big, big time guests. We've, yeah, we've had a lot of great guests on the show. We've got a, f- a few more names we're working on, and another trip back to Los Angeles here soon. So, what are those two guys from Houston that you had on there a couple weeks ago? That was a big deal. I, we had on uh, Ian and Cruz from the show called Smoking and Toasting yeah. two Crazy. episodes ago. My, my favorite part of that show is when Cruz goes, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Oh, wait, maybe I'm thinking of a different show. Different episode, but oh, different just episode. as good looking. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Chris, thank you so much again. Uh, you know you are always welcome here, and uh, and you're considered one of our uh, closest allies in the business. So thank you for everything. And uh, thank you guys for being here for Smoking and Toasting number 222. We'll be back again next week with a whole bunch of stuff we didn't have time to get to this week and uh, more fun spirits and uh, beers to taste. So uh, have a great week, and as we love to say... Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. Ding. Ding. Hardcore beer.